We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the first episode of the 501st Cast for 2011. This is the official podcast of the 501st Legion. This is episode 63 for Saturday, February 5th, and I am your host, Joe, TK6064. This is Nikki, DZ8397. And I'm Adam, RC6124. And the 501st Legion is currently at 4,985 members with 7,796 approved costumed in the Legion. In this episode, we catch up on all the events over the holidays, talk about a couple 501st members interviewed by their local press, announce the release of more 501st trading cards, and give you a heads up on some big LEGO events coming later this year. Stay tuned. Recent news. Just a few days before Christmas, Portuguese Lusitanian Outpost welcomed a new member to their ranks, Quimbe, the voice actor for Yoda for the Portuguese version of the Clone Wars. And here's the message he posted to his new brothers and sisters in the 501st. Hello to all the members of this forum and honorary members. My name is Quimbe, and I have played the Portuguese voice of Yoda in Star Wars The Clone Wars movie, and now also in the TV series episodes having recorded 72 so far. The Portuguese outpost has touched me so much throughout this year with their numerous charity actions, and especially the caring and love they have demonstrated for Afonso, a very special seven-year-old fan who sadly has died this last November. And the love this child had for Star Wars and the Legion, it also touched my heart. This boy and his love for the Star Wars characters and Yoda, especially the character that I play, touched me deeply. And at the request of Walter and for the Portuguese outpost, I have recorded the special message for him using Tom Kane's, the original Clone Wars Yoda's, word and text. And you can check out the message I recorded for Afonso in the 501st cast episode 60. These last months, I have been considering how to play a more active role with the Legion, and so I decided to join this big family and be part of the action too. With the help of Walter and other members of the outpost, I initiated my costume purchase for a Shadow Trooper, one of my favorites, and also an Imperial Officer, which is still in the making. After a couple months of work, and with the help of the Portuguese members of the Outpost and the CEO, I was able to get my costume finished in time for Christmas. Now that I have finally been accepted to the Legion this week, it is my pleasure to join the forum and get to know some of the members too. All the best to everyone, TX3788, Quimbe. And we'll have a link to his Legion records on 501st.com, so you can see that in our show notes. So welcome, Quimbe. We mentioned last episode that the auction for the final helmet from the TK Helmet Project, spearheaded by Chris TB111, as at a $10,000 bid. Well, the final closing bid was actually $15,100. With that and the donations from the auctions at C5, that's a grand total donation of $65,250 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Job exceedingly well done. With the pending close of his career at Lucasfilm in April of this year, Head of Fan Relations and 501st Honorary Member Steve Sansweet is stepping up his social media game and has joined the Twitterverse. We here at the 501st Legion are hopeful that we'll be seeing a lot more of Steve in person should he finally decide to join our ranks with a qualifying costume, which he is rumored to own. 
Follow Steve's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash stevesansuite. And don't forget to become a fan of Steve's Facebook page as well at facebook.com slash sansuite. I thought Sansuite had a um, a Tuscan Raider costume. Hmm. I know. Did he sport one at um, Trooperfest? I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't get to go to that. Maybe he just never got it approved. Well, he also, I believe, has an Imperial officer costume, at least that he wore at the Rose Parade. I don't know how well they constructed those. I know they made a lot of them in, in short time, so maybe it wasn't completely up to snuff. But Or I maybe even just a matter of never bothering to apply with it. Yeah, that too. Well, we are feared as faceless killers, the unfeeling servants of an evil galactic emperor, but a UK Star Wars fan is out to prove that even stormtroopers can have a heart of gold. And that was the intro for a great article about Lay, TK-1564, from United Kingdom Garrison and his work for the 501st Legion. We'll have a link in our show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Congratulations, Lay, on the great interview. Congratulations to friend of the Legion, Joe Zettelmeyer, who recently had his play It Came From Mars nominated for the American Theater Critics Association New Play Award, as well as being named one of the top seven shows in Southeast Michigan of the year. Star Wars fans, however, will be most interested in Joe's All Childish Things trilogy, which follows a group of four longtime friends who plan a Star Wars action figure heist. You can learn more about All Childish Things through the link in our show notes. Daniel Wallace, author of The Jedi Path and a host of other Star Wars publications, was inducted as an honorary member of the 501st Legion on January 12, 2011, by Central Garrison. You can follow Daniel on Twitter at DanWall88 and read his blog at geekosity.blogspot.com. But if you see him in person, be sure to compliment him on his shiny new gold name badge. Welcome aboard, Dan. 501st Star Garrison invaded the Sci-Fi Expo in Dallas the last weekend of January. Star Garrison was honored to induct Nick Gillard, stunt coordinator and actor from the prequel trilogy. Nick was excited to be inducted and was equally excited at the cool swag that he received. But when all was said and done, Nick only asked one question. What took so long? Sorry, Mr. Gillard. Kenneth, ID 6766, the commanding officer of Romanium Outpost, was interviewed by a local tabloid in a culture where most of the citizens are more likely to ask, which character is Vader again? It's wonderful that Ken can help get the word out about the 501st. We'll have a link to the interview. It's in Romanian, so you'll likely have to Babelfish it in our show notes. Only four months after the launch of the first wave of new 501st Legion trading cards, collectors can look forward to another 50-card set featuring the Gateway Collection design. The latest set includes cards for honorary members Lightning Bear, Ashley Eckstein, Dave Filoni, Tom Kane and Femi Taylor, as well as new equipment and event cards. As always, 501st trading cards are free and available through participating members at 501st events. Thanks again to Andrew, SL5537, Trey, TK4251, Jim, SL1020, Michael, SL3037, and the rest of the 501st trading cards team for keeping the cards coming. Ever seen Stormtroopers give the weather forecast? If you haven't, you want to make sure to check out this video of Pacific Outpost Troopers on KITV that we'll have a link to in our show notes. They were on air December 16th to promote their Toys for Tots troop that they were doing the following day. As many may know, Joe Schreiber, author of Star Wars Death Troopers, recently released his prequel follow-up, Star Wars Red Harvest. At the end of this amazing book, he has a chapter entitled Acknowledgements. Within these pages, he gives a big shout-out and thank you to the 501st Legion and select garrisons. Here's the quote. 
I want to extend my gratitude to the 501st Legion, whose generosity and commitment made the Death Troopers book tour unforgettable, especially the Southern California Garrison, the Golden Gate Garrison, the Cloud City Garrison, the Midwest Garrison, the Bloodfin Garrison in Indianapolis, the Great Lake Garrison, and Garrison Corita in my own backyard. You guys rock. Thanks to Ken TK7462 for giving us the heads up. Published in October 2009, Lego Star Wars The Visual Dictionary hit the 52-week mark on the New York Times Children's Picture Book bestseller list for the week of January 2, 2011. Having spent 18 of those weeks in the number one position, the book has also been an indie-bound and USA Today bestseller. To celebrate, DK is donating $52,000 in books to the preferred charities of the 501st Legion and the Rebel Legion, the volunteer-led Star Wars costumers who have attended every one of the 100-plus DK Star Wars book events organized since the book's publication. The LEGO group is also donating 5,200 LEGO Star Wars sets. Watch for announcements of upcoming appearances by the 501st and Rebel Legion throughout 2011. We'll have a link to the Star Wars section of the DK website in our show notes. Just a reminder for those with active 501st Legion memberships, our yearly election cycle has begun as of February 1st. The elected positions are Legion Commander, Garrison and Outpost Commanders, Squad Leaders, and Detachment Leaders. Nominations run through February 7th, followed by a Q&A session from February 8th through 17th, and then voting from February 19th through 25th. The winning candidates will assume their positions on March 1st. For all the details, see Article 5 of the Legion Charter at www.501st.com charter.php. To participate, simply click the Legion Elections link on the left side nav panel on the main Legion forums. And if you have any questions, please email info at 501st.com. This is Sherilyn Lambeth, TK0976 of the Carolina Garrison and the 501st Legion Historian and Archivist, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Mission Reports. Up first for our mission reports, we have one from a voice from the past. Here's TD9993. Now, I realize it's pretty late, but our Toys for Tots drive was actually a two-month drive to try and get more donations than last year. So I wanted to wait till everything was wrapped up and secure, and I wanted to make sure everybody got named. So that's why it's a little late. We started off in October with our 1970 Star Wars disco night at Roller Valley in Spokane, Washington. We received a dollar a head and also took in donations. We set up a spot for photos as people roller discoed the night away to have some heavy funk and some 70s tunes and, of course, the Miko version of Star Wars. Even some of the local roller derby girls came by and donated tickets to their next event and gift bags for our drive. We received over $130 and at least another $50 in toys. We had so much fun, we've decided to make this an annual event. To see some of our fun and also see one of our scout troopers skating rings around the rink in full armor, go to YouTube and search for Star Wars Disco Night with Havoc Squad. You might even see some of Vader's men spelling out YMCA. Now as December drew near, we wanted a little bit more donations, so we asked that if we received over 150 friends on our Facebook page within three days, we would donate another $50 worth of toys. Well, the feedback was so huge, we shot over 300 friends. In fact, the impact was so great, our own Lord Vader donated another $50 to the cause. When all was said and done, even with our little R2-D2 Toys for Tots droid getting filled with toys, we ended up with over $300 worth of toys and donations. I'd like to thank Colleen at Roller Valley, the Roller Valley Derby Girls, Alex Mitchell, our local Rebel Trooper, 
John Wade of Merlins, and all the people on Facebook who spread the word and help make us our best donation year ever. Also, Mason Cheezer Williams, TS3353, Glenn Bauman, SL9334, Thaddeus Davis, TB8965, Alex Yabara. You know, this would be easier if I just said all the Alexes in our group, which is about five or six at this point. Shannon Potritz, DZ7204, and Alex Dumke, DZ3596. And, of course, me, TD9993. Thanks to everyone. Spokane Havoc Squad out. We mentioned it as an upcoming event in our last episode, but in case you missed it, the 501st was featured in the 2010 Disney Parks Christmas Day Parade as part of a promotion for the new Star Tours ride that's coming to both Disneyland California and Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida in 2011. 32 stormtroopers from the Florida garrison and one lucky Bloodfin garrison member who happened to be in town on vacation marched behind a Disney-supplied Vader in a series of three takes to ensure the perfect 17 seconds of airtime. And we even got a proper shout-out from celebrity MC Ryan Seacrest. To our galaxy from a galaxy far, far away, here comes the Scourge of the Jedi, master of the dark side of the Force, the ultimate villain, Darth Vader. He's followed by the 501st Stormtrooper Legion, also known as Vader's Fist. Check out our show notes at 501st.com slash podcast for links to the parade video, as well as a preview trip of Star Tours 2.0. Yeah, I must say that uh, that kind of ruined my illusions, though, of what the Disney Christmas parade was all about, because I always thought it was live. And then I heard that they did three takes. I'm like, what do you mean takes? Yeah, I could understand <laughs> live to tape, at least, even if they needed to do a little bit of quick editing and move things back and forth. But, oh, no, we did three takes. We walked around three times to make sure they got it right. Wait, what? <laughs> I suppose you, it's you Disney. Can't get, you can't get walking right on the first shot? <laughs> the really cool thing, though, is that for at least Disney Hollywood Studios in Florida, I'm not sure when it's coming for California, but the new Star Tours 2.0 is going to be opening just in time for Star Wars weekends. So that's going to be perfect timing. I just wish that I could get back down to Florida again, <laughs> but that would be three <laughs> years in a row, and I think that would be way too expensive. So, oh, well. Stupid finances and getting in the way of our trooping enjoyment. <laughs> Troopers from Bloodfin Garrison were called up urgently to help Make-A-Wish Foundation assist a young man in Indiana. Teenager Devin White has been battling an inoperable brain tumor and is asked to have his very own set of Stormtrooper armor. TK-709 worked to assemble the donated armor before five of Bloodfin's troops traveled to Devin's home on December 18th to present the new suit. Bloodfin troops were incredibly proud to present him with his wish and were joined by his family at his home. Devin is a huge Star Wars fan and incredibly brave, even without the Stormtrooper armor. A variety of local news stations were also in attendance to cover this very important troop. We'll have a link to some video from the day in our show notes. Sadly, Devin passed away January the 8th. It is a great honor to have Devin join the Stormtrooper ranks, even if only for a short time. This is truly the reason why we troop. Thanks to Cole, TK9063, for that report. The Muskegon Lumberjacks had their fourth annual Star Wars Night on December 18th, 2010. Under the guidance of event coordinator Michael, TC9296, more than 35 characters representing 501st Great Lakes Garrison, Rebel Legion Great Lakes Base, and Mando Mercs invaded Elsie Walker Arena. 
The groups raised over $1,000 for the Special Olympics of Michigan. The money was raised from a photo booth, blaster range, mini golf through Death Star Trench game, LFL-approved event patches, and a nice donation from the Mando Marks. Some of the highlights of the evening included Darth Vader dropping the ceremonial puck and the Republic Commandos of Delta Squad singing the national anthem. The Food Network was actually at the game as well, filming for their new show, Ice Brigade, in which they featured a life-size Han and Carbonite ice sculpture. The carbon ice was on display outside the arena as fans arrived at the game. It was wheeled out on the ice during the first intermission by Bubba Fett and two stormtroopers, appropriately. The Lumberjack staff loved the large crowd that Star Wars Night generates and the atmosphere provided by the costumers. The fan witnessed a 3-to-1 win by the home team and helped a wonderful charity during the holidays. We'll have links to photos and video in our show notes. Thanks to Blasty, TK5037, for that report. On December 17th, the 501st Hong Kong Shadow Outpost was able to visit the pediatric ward at the public hospital. This time, however, they showed their real faces and brought Christmas gifts instead of their 501st costumes. Without the photo ops and room greetings, the visiting process was simple. They walked around to each bed and presented the gifts to the children with their blessings. The smiles and appreciation from the children were the Legion members' best gifts for Christmas. Thanks to Hasbro Hong Kong and Zoom and Sizes and Associates, they had ten large boxes full of toys and gifts to distribute. Thanks to Mancom TK2328 for that report. On December 17, 2010... Members of Carolina Garrison, along with their Rebel Legion and Carolina Ghostbuster counterparts, helped spread some holiday cheer at the Church of God's Children's Home in Concord, North Carolina. The Children's Home is for abused, neglected, and abandoned kids. This was the second year the Carolina Garrison attended the party. Last year, Santa made his big entrance riding on a fire truck. This year, Santa was looking to make a bigger entrance, and that's where the Carolina Ghostbusters came in. They very graciously let Santa make his big entrance by riding in their Ectomobile. A 1968 Cadillac ambulance completely modified to look like Ecto-1 from the movie. The kids went nuts when they saw the Ghostbusters car and actually paid more attention to the Ghostbusters in their car than they did to Santa. Once Santa and the Ghostbusters made their way into the party, everyone was excited to see Princess Leia, Padme Amidala, Ajawa, and R2-KT make their entrance. But once it was known that there were rebels at the party, the Empire quickly descended upon them, with two stormtroopers and two biker scouts to apprehend the rebels. All in all, a good time was had by everyone, including the Imperials. Santa gave out gifts, troopers posed for photos, and even R2KT got to do the limbo. Everyone involved had a great time, and everyone is looking forward to doing it again next year. Special shout-out to Darren, TK8236, for going above and beyond the Call of Duty by driving four hours one way on a Friday to be at this event. Thanks to Luis, DZ6570, for that report. Joe, TK6045, and Daniel, TD2243, of Dubac Ridge Garrison, visited the children's wing of St. Vincent Regional Medical Center in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Troopers handed out Star Wars comics and sticker albums to kids. Uh, ironically, on the day of the troop, all but one child had been released from the hospital. Checking the premises, the troopers managed to find a few other children to hand out goodies to. The troopers took dozens of pictures with doctors, nurses, and helped bring some holiday cheer to the facility. So a definite A for effort there, troopers, and we're glad to hear that there was only one child there for you to visit. Thanks to Daniel, TK2243, for that report. On December 19th, a few members of Belgian Garrison went to Antwerp, Belgium, to participate in the Music for Life frenzy. 
Music for Life is an annual charity in which one of the nation's leading radio stations, Studio Brussel, locks a few of their DJs in a glass house, actually a huge mobile studio with live TV feed and live performances, for seven days, surviving only on fruit juice. The action is in cooperation with the Belgian Red Cross, and each year they choose a good cause and have thousands of actions supporting said cause. This year the cause was AIDS orphans, in which they support children worldwide who lost their parents to HIV. During the seven-day period, they collect money from all over the country, and everyone can register in action to help out. Last year, they collected 3.6 million euros to help fight against malaria. Belgian Garrison collected 420 euros, or about 570 U.S. dollars, amongst its members and went there to hand over the money. What follows is a transcript from the Secured Imperial Network detailing their progress. Today, a small contingency of the Flanders Dragon Squad was ordered to investigate a small outpost in the city of Antwerp, Belgium. Intel suggested that the local citizens of the Empire had captured three rebel sympathizers and were holding them for questioning. When the shuttle entered the atmosphere, it became apparent that the outpost was experiencing severe weather conditions similar to those on Hoth. After safely touching down and disembarking, the squad made their way to a large square where the prisoners were being held in a glass cell. The local citizens were gathered around the cell to bear witness of the rebel scum as we made our way through the crowds. CT-6651 filled out the necessary paperwork to have the prisoners handed over. Soon we arrived at the holding complex and handed over the papers to the local authorities under loud cheers from the local populace. The three prisoners will soon be transferred to an imperial facility where they will be questioned and then executed for the glory of the empire. Thanks to the help of the local authorities and population, our squad managed to safely conduct and accomplish their mission. Glory to the Empire. Thanks to Bart TK8131 for that report. And by the way, the event overall raised 5,020,747 euros, or more than 6 million U.S. dollars. Empire City Garrison visited the children's wing of Stony Brook University on Long Island on December 20th for a special holiday visit. Chris, TK6744, and David, TD6513, were there from 10 a.m. to 11.30, and it was an emotional visit as usual. Both of them were proud to bring smiles to kids' faces who were going through a tough time. Tons of photos were taken, and they gave out citations and a special gift box to each child. Special thanks to Ian, TD7732, for putting the gift boxes together with donations from DK Books and a selection of 501st and ECG memorabilia. Ian and his wife boxed and wrapped over 40 boxes, and more than half of those were given out at Stony Brook Hospital, with the rest going to Woodhull Hospital. It was an incredibly profound and rewarding experience. We'll have a link to a photo in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. I think the Portuguese Lusitanian outpost might make the most hospital visits for a unit of its size. I know we, we reported on at least like three hospital visits for them last episode, and here we have another one. On December 22nd, they visited the cardiology pediatric wing of St. Marta Hospital in Lisbon on a Christmas mission. In an auditorium were about 40 children waiting for a surprise specifically prepared for them by the outpost and the Portuguese Terra Don Sanjos, which I think means land of dreams. I'm not quite sure. Legion troopers entered with the Star Wars Imperial March playing in the background, and there was quite a lot of cheering when the kids finally saw what their surprise was. Troopers offered each child a Lego Rebel Trooper pack and a few minutes of conversation. This was the second troop for the Return of the Jedi Darth Vader, a.k.a. TK-8320, and what a success the Dark Lord always makes at an event. And it was quite an event for these children, and the feedback from the hospital is that they definitely want the outpost back for another visit soon. We'll have links to some video in our show notes, or you can also check out the video on 
the Outpost's Facebook page. Thanks to Walter TK3738 for that report. Members of the Georgia Garrison and Georgia Rebel Legion marched in the Chick-fil-A Bowl Parade this past December 31st, 2010. Marching through downtown Atlanta, the parade passed several Atlanta landmark locations, such as the CNN Center, Olympic Park, and our personal favorite, Dragon Con's Hyatt Hotel. We'll have a link to some great photos from the parade in our show notes. And thanks to Jimmy TK1025 for that report. On the New Year's Eve of 2011, Hong Kong Shadow Outpost was invited to join the biggest party in town, the Apple Countdown in Times Square. SL6473, TK2328, TK4949, TK5354 participated and had a wonderful time with crowd. Times Square was also donated 4,000 Hong Kong dollars, about 513 U.S., to make a Wish Foundation in appreciation of the outpost's attendance. We'll have a link to a picture from that night in our show notes. Thanks to Sang, TK6473, for that report. And Dune Sea Garrison was once again in the Fiesta Bowl parade, and we'll have a great video from that in our show notes. And what was unique about this video is that one of the parade commentators actually took a mic and walked with and interviewed the Anakin costumer who was in the parade as they were marching. So this was much better publicity than just like a few second clip of stormtroopers marching by, which is what we usually see with the parade. So great job, Dune Sea, and all the clubs that were marching with the Star Wars group. Legoland California is excited and thrilled to announce that we will be the first Legoland in the world to open an all-new Star Wars Miniland display. Well, R2, have you heard the good news? I'm excited too, Chewbacca. Guests will be able to enjoy seven of the most famous scenes from the six live-action Star Wars movies, as well as scenes from the animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars, all made out of one and a half million Lego bricks. More than 2,000 Lego models will be used to recreate some of the most iconic Star Wars scenes, with interactive features that will allow children to activate animations throughout the displays. Southern California Garrison was tapped to help Legoland California debut its upcoming Star Wars Miniland exhibit coming in March. This will be the first exhibit of its kind in the world and is reported to be constructed of about 1.5 million Lego building blocks. This was actually a two-day event comprised of a rehearsal night and the actual day of the unveiling. Rehearsal night was quick and easy. All the TKs grabbed their helmets and learned their spots with and without the lights and music and all the other characters that were there stood in for the TKs that couldn't make the rehearsal. On January 6th, Performance Day, Legion members did a second quick rehearsal to work out a couple last kinks and then dressed up for the show. They'd been hidden from the media all morning in their green room and hallway, and the media wasn't allowed to see the characters. All of a sudden, the lights went dark, the music went on, and the march started. Cameras went crazy as Legion troops stood at the bottom of the stage while Peter Ronchetti from Legoland, with the help of Obi-Shan, R2, and even Chewbacca, explained and unveiled the plan for Star Wars Miniland to open up in March of 2011. After the troopers marched out the door, the reporters followed outside to be met by Lord Vader himself, Rebel X-Wing pilots, Boba Fett, and Anakin Skywalker. 
The press conference was also attended by the mayor and many city representatives. Legoland took great care of Legion members, giving them all goodie bags, park tickets, and provided an awesome breakfast. We'll have links to still pictures, a News 10 video report, and an online news article in our show notes. You can also get all the latest news from their Facebook page, Legoland California, thanks to Leslie TR3774 for that report. And in case you haven't heard, Legoland will be opening a sister park in Florida. Hopefully there will be a Star Wars mini land there, too. Members of Garrison Titan, joined by members of the Rebel Legion's Alpha Base and the Mandalorian Mercs, were invited to appear at Seattle's Pacific Science Center the weekend of January 15th through 17th at the request of both the PSC and Lucasfilm. The appearance was to promote the upcoming Star Wars or Science Meets Imagination exhibit that will be opening at the PSC on March 18, 2011. Legion members spent two hours at the PSC each afternoon of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. On each day of the event, as soon as the costumers walked out of the dressing area and into the view of the general public, the reaction was incredible. In small groups, they walked through the various exhibit halls of the PSC and the outdoor area, when the weather permitted, that is, and stopped to pose for pictures when asked, which was quite often. Currently, a Harry Potter exhibit is being shown at the PSC. On Saturday, when Mark, SL4231, as Darth Vader, walked up to the Harry Potter exhibit, he was invited to enter so that he could be sorted. After asking the group that was being allowed into the exhibit which Hogwarts house he should be sorted into, Darth Vader was sorted into Slytherin. However, when Michael, TK8265, walked up to the Harry Potter exhibit the following day as a stormtrooper, he was sorted into Gryffindor for loyalty and bravery. On Sunday afternoon, after they were done for the day, a PSC representative let them know that the PSC staff was getting more positive comments about the Legion members than one of the others advertised visiting exhibits. The PSC had asked Legion members to gather as many costumers as possible to appear on the morning of March 18, 2011, for the Star Wars exhibit grand opening. If it's like the opening of the exhibit at other museums that welcome Legion members, I'm sure that they'll get a big turnout for that. We'll have a link to photos from their three-day promotional appearance in our show notes. Thanks to Michael. TKA265 for that report. On January 15th, members of Garrison Excelsior, along with support from the Rebel Legion, Fan Force, and the Mandalorian Mercs, participated in the fourth annual Star Wars Night with the Binghamton Senators hockey team. There were nearly 30 characters on hand to greet and pose for pictures with Senators fans. All groups joined together to support a local charity called A Room to Heal. Ben SL2146 once again dropped the puck at the start of the game. Garrison Excelsior and Echo Base were able to raise $788 towards the charity that redecorates and remodels rooms for children to be able to live their life to the fullest in their own homes. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes, and thanks to me, Nikki, DZ8397, for that report. Proud members of the 501st banded together to storm the first-ever Albuquerque Comic-Con. The Dubac Ridge Garrison hosted this event, and several members of the surrounding garrisons came to support the con. Other garrisons in attendance included Mountain Garrison and Dune Sea Garrison. It's an understatement to say the con was an overwhelming success, with a reported 10,000 people in attendance over two days. The halls were crowded, the energy was high, and the weather was beautiful. Next year's con is already being planned in a much bigger facility. The Meet the 501st panel was standing room only with questions of all sorts from the audience, and many Star Wars celebrities were in attendance at the con and attended a celebration dinner Saturday night. Thanks to Daniel, TD2243, for that report. Star Garrison attended the January 22nd game of the Oklahoma University basketball team. Also, special guest at the game was Peter Mayhew and his wife Angie. According to the OU event contact, 
Star Wars game was their highest attendance all season. They were also very pleased and were looking to have the 501st back next year for an even bigger event. We'll have links to photos, videos, and even an article on the StarWars.com blog in our show notes. Thanks to Jim, TK6294, for that report. Fast Alpha Garrison of Louisiana held its first Shoot the Trooper event at Wizard World New Orleans Comic Con, which took place January 29th and 30th at the Ernst Morial Convention Center in New Orleans. It was a huge hit with the guests and raised questions from Wizard World reps about how to have this same event at their next con. The event raised more than $2,280 in just two days. All of the proceeds went to the Dylan Tujag Special Needs Fund. We talked about Dylan way back in episode 55 of the 501st cast. Uh, he's a boy who was born with an extremely rare condition that only about 100 people in the U.S. have. Shoot the Trooper is basically an opportunity to shoot a Nerf gun dart at a stormtrooper. But there was concern that that might be a little too tame for New Orleans. So instead of just having a TK stand in a booth and take some Nerf darts in the chest, they added a little more flavor to it. They moved around, so they were like these live, moving targets. Plus, they opened the floor to any Star Wars character, at least with sufficient eye protection on, to get shot at. And in the background, they had a set resembling a blast door from the Death Star, so it added a bit more Star Wars feel to the otherwise standard convention booth. So for a dollar, you got five shots with a Nerf gun. Five dollars, you could get 15 shots from an automatic gun. And for ten dollars, you could shoot off 25 shots from this big machine gun, all to benefit Dylan Tujag. A volunteer collected the money, and because of the set and the huge desire for fans to take photos, they also opened up the area in between firing to allow visitors to come in and take photos for free. But of course, on the table, there was a huge donation bottle, and it was, you know, highly suggested to make a donation. And if traffic in the booth got slow, the troopers would go and challenge people who were walking by the booth. And they were at this nice corner booth, so there was a lot of traffic. The most effective tactic was when stormtroopers made chicken noises at those that showed no interest. And although it was very funny, it was also quite effective and a great way to interact with the crowd. Those who participated in Shoot the Trooper walked away with a sticker that read, I shot a trooper for Dylan, and a set of Bast Alpha Garrison Mardi Gras beads. They're great promotional tools, plus... They get attention of others who are walking around the con who get pointed right back to the 501st booth for more donations. So one key element that Bass Alba found was to promote, promote, promote. And they used Facebook to promote this event, and they also set up an interview with the morning news show and had it taped the Sunday before the convention so that they got a lot of exposure for this event. It made it easier for everyone to know that the event was coming up and to make sure that they showed up. We'll have a link to video in our show notes from both of the the morning news shows um, because not only did they go the Sunday before the event, but they also sent over troopers just the day before the event with some Nerf guns, and they dueled it out with the news anchors. Bast Alpha was given eight passes to the con, four of which they gave to Dylan's family so he could attend, and then those troopers who used the remaining passes donated $40 into the fund. So Sunday, Dylan actually came to the con, and he was able to join Legion members at the booth, and at a parade that they had through the convention floor. And at the end of the parade, they were at the booth, and he got to shoot Darth Vader and a few stormtroopers, take a bunch of pictures, and there was also a presentation where he was made the junior trooper of Bast Alpha Garrison by their commanding officer. So thanks to Jeff, TK5738, for that report, and make sure to check out our show notes for a bunch of great links. 
On Saturday, January 29th, members of the New England Garrison and the Rebel Legion's Alderaan base joined players from the Boston Bruins and Celtics at TD Bank North Garden in Boston for a blood drive to benefit the American Red Cross. Clone troopers, stormtroopers, an imperial officer, an X-wing pilot, ISO member, and Princess Leia entertained the capacity crowd as the blood drive filled to overflowing. Walk-in donors were turned away as the wait time went far beyond what the Red Cross has anticipated and scheduled for the blood drive. Children young and old stopped for photos, and of course, the stormtroopers had to sneak in a quick photo with the Celtics cheerleaders. Thanks to everyone who took their time on their Saturday to donate, and look for a link to photos from the event in our show notes. Thanks to Bronco, IC7796, for that report. Charlie Ross's one-man Star Wars show will be in Novi, Michigan, February 24th through the 26th, and Great Lakes Garrison will be there to support him. If you're in the area during that time, consider making some time to stop by the Andiamo's Novi Theater and catch one of his shows. On March 12th, the Great Lakes Garrison will once again be teaming up with the Port Huron Fighting Falcons in Michigan for an awesome Star Wars night. The Falcon players will be wearing special Star Wars-themed jerseys that have a Vader helmet, and Death Star Trench background on the front and Great Lakes snowflakes on the shoulders. The jerseys will be auctioned off at the end of the game to support the Humane Society. Wizard World Toronto is going to have a huge lineup of Star Wars guests at their March 18th through 20th show. Guests listed so far are David Prowse, Billy D. Williams, Peter Mayhew, Jeremy Bullock, Daniel Logan, and Jake Lloyd, plus a ton of other media and comic genre guests. Looks to be a great show. I'm almost tempted to go myself if I didn't have an event the next weekend. We'll see. The New England Garrison will be celebrating St. Patrick's Day in Boston with the annual St. Patrick's Day Parade, March 20th. Troopers from garrisons all over the world have attended this annual event, which winds through the streets of South Boston. The garrison is welcoming any and all 501st members to attend. Garrison Excelsior will be hosting the first-ever Star Wars weekend at the Strong's National Museum of Play on March 26th to 27th. In addition to 501st Rebel Legion and R2 Builder members, Star Wars artist Katie Cook will be on hand as well. Museum patrons will be able to visit with the characters, get free temporary tattoos, play with the Star Wars potato heads, and vintage Star Wars arcade games, and much more. Yeah, we're very excited about this event. It's starting to get almost like panic nervousy about this event now because it's coming up next month. Okay, so mark your calendars for April 1st through 3rd if you want to head out to San Francisco for WonderCon. Don't have too many details right now, but I'm sure we'll have more about this show and the 501st involvement on a future podcast. Although it's still four months away, June 4th and the 5th, it's never too early to start planning your trip to Legoland, Germany. If you can only make one troop with the mighty German garrison, 334 members strong as of this recording, this is one not to be missed. This year, Daniel Logan will be a special guest at the park. Plus, on June 1st, just before the event, the new Miniland for Star Wars will be unveiled at the park. This episode, we wanted to give a shout-out to the 57 members of Redback Garrison and their families. Redback Garrison covers Queensland, Australia, which, as we record this, is just being hit by a tropical cyclone Yasi, and they were still recovering from last month's massive flooding. At this time, there are more than 89,000 homes without power. Although most of our members are further south down the coast in Brisbane, it's still likely going to be a rough time for them. So stay safe. Yeah, I was shocked when... One of the members posted on our internal forums a picture of just how big this is a Category 5 tropical cyclone. And they took 
the picture of the cyclone and they superimposed it over the United States so that, you know, us, <laughs> us dumb Americans can, you know, see the scale of how big it is. And it's huge. It, it, it covered like 85% of the U.S. I, and we complain about a little snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it was massive. So very scary. Now we'd like to congratulate Tracy from Star Garrison for being the only one to upload some holiday-themed trooper pictures to our photo galleries on Facebook. Last episode, we asked for some pictures instead of a normal trivia question for our contest, and Tracy posted some up from a Salvation Army bell-ringing troop. So, Tracy, will be getting your 501st Cast prize pack out in the mail to you soon. Although I think you already have everything. I think you have our, our patch and our t-shirt <laughs> and our trading card, so I'm not quite sure what we'll give you, but we'll figure out something. Unit anniversaries and honorary member birthdays. And since we're a little behind, first we're going to do the honorary member birthdays for January. Lucasfilm artist Randy Martinez. His birthday, January 7th. Author Terry Brooks. January the 8th. Star Wars artist Tommy Lee Edwards. Also January 8th. Felix Silla, who was the Ewok in the Glider. January 11th. James Earl Jones. January the 17th. Author Matthew Stover. January 29th. Peter Sumner, a.k.a. Lieutenant Paul Treatham. January the 29th. And then here are the birthdays upcoming for February. Warwick Davis, a.k.a. Wicket W. Warwick. February 3rd. Robot Chicken creator Seth Green. On February the 8th. Composer John Williams. Also on February the 8th. Jeremy Bullock, Bubba Fett, and 501st member BH5211. On February the 16th. C-3PO Anthony Daniels. On February 21st. And here's the unit anniversaries for January. Alpine Garrison. Eighth anniversary in January. The Icelandic Outpost. It was also their eighth anniversary in January. The Sith Lord Detachment. Sixth anniversary in January. Belgian Garrison's Prospectors Squad. Second anniversary on January 8th. The Dune Sea Garrison's Jundlin Waste Squad. Their third anniversary was on January 14th. Brazilian Division Garrison. Tenth anniversary on January 15th. Terror Australia's Garrison. Seventh anniversary on January 18th. Mexican Garrison's Baja Squad. Their first anniversary, January 21st. Malaysia Brunei Outpost. Fifth anniversary, January 23rd. And Timberline Garrison. Their first anniversary was January 29th. Taking a look at the upcoming unit anniversaries for February, Old Line Garrison. Seventh anniversary this month. Florida Garrison's Mackenzie Squad. Sixth anniversary this month. Garrison Carita. Ninth anniversary on February 10th. Bolivian Outpost. Third anniversary, February 18th. Central Garrison's Minnesota Wolfpack Squad. Their second anniversary, February 20th. Wisconsin Garrison. Their first anniversary, February 20th. And finally, Canadian Garrison's Imperial Fortress Squad. Their first anniversary, February 23rd. And as always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and enter our contest, as well as listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. 
Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2011 Lucasfilm Limited and trademark. All rights reserved. Used under authorization.